America Meditating Radio Show, we collect wisdom, inspire each other, and empower hearts 24-7. Hi, I'm Sister Jenna. Join me and guest on Blog Talk Radio as we amplify stories that compel us to be more for ourselves and everyone else around us. Center is a convenient state-of-the-art dialysis center in the Houston area, run by Dr. Panakin Patel. Relax in a comfortable environment while receiving quality care. Serving adults 18 to geriatrics, we are here to help you. Call 713-463-6611 for more information or visit us at our website at www.playlockdialysiscenter.com. Blaylock Dialysis Center, where helping you get well is our priority. Do you like to meditate? Have you tried to meditate? Have you struggled with meditation? Why don't you visit one of the Brahma Kumaris Meditation Center? Visit brahmakumaris.org. The Meditation Museum in Silver Spring, Maryland, offers a variety of courses and activities to make your life go a whole lot smoother. Located at 9525 Georgia Avenue, you will be able to experience the beautiful silence that's in the space. There are courses in Raj Yoga Meditation, Positive Thinking, Stress-Free Living, and Personal Development classes. For more information, call us at 301-588-0144 or visit us online at meditationmuseum.org. I was 11 years old at my first national championship. I fell I don't know how many times. Michelle Paul is the most decorated figure skater in U.S. history. When I had a dream. My dream came true because I dedicated myself. Dedication made Michelle Kwan a champion. I was passionate about something, and I made sure that I worked hard for it. And dedication can make your dreams a reality. Whatever your dream and goals are, they can come true. Dedication. Pass it on from the Foundation for a Better Life at values.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to America Meditating Radio. I'm your host, Sister Jenna, and we're broadcasting from the beautiful Meditation Museum in the nation's capital. Well, we are weeks, well, well, I don't want to say weeks, but we're moving on, aren't we? We're moving on, and I want to just suggest to everyone, be very wise on the media that you choose to listen to and to receive the information that's coming in. We're becoming, as our Vedic astrologer shared, Joni Petrie, how things just have a way of being conveyed in a way that's not really the true story, it's not really the complete story. And I think we're learning that more and more as we become more knowledgeable about what is it that is really the, the truth here. What is real isn't, you know, we are being called to internally amplify our discerning abilities, our ability to not only live a life of honesty, but to trust that that honesty will give me the intellectual know-how to make decisions that keeps us more included, inclusive, and creating a narrative of inclusivity and kindness and love. I was having a conversation with Reverend Sylvia from Unity Church in D.C. this morning, and she made a very nice comment about, you know, a lot of times when we talk about love and peace and kindness, a lot of folks think it's so flu-flu, you know, we need to make action, we need to do action, and 
I hear that because even sometimes when I'm on stages or on platforms that are very secular-minded, I'm very mindful of the fact that if this sounds too lovey-dovey, they're like, oh, get her off the stage. And yet there is a reason why we're talking about amplifying our quality of character, our value systems. It's because they're not existing. When something isn't existing, we talk about it because we want it back. And so perhaps because when we speak, we still haven't become the embodiment of what we speak. It's not having the impact. But look at a man that speaks with rage and anger and divisiveness, how impactful that is, because the person's really speaking from those feelings. So when I speak from love and peace and purity, is it coming from the amplification of my own example of the way that I'm living? And so we're looking to see a narrative in our world of an inclusive political and cultural and maybe even spiritual norm. And everything that's getting uprooted in these last few weeks are actually helping us to get back to some sense of spiritual dignity, I believe. And the question is, how do we offer others who don't feel that they're being heard or acknowledged or seen or valued an opportunity to, to, to feel that, to sense that? You know, and, and now we're looking at ordinary citizens in our country getting up and protesting, unlike we've ever seen it. I mean, back in the days when President Bush had us paying gas, one gallon of gas was for $5. Nobody was getting up and protesting. And now we've got gas the cheapest that we've had it in years. And now we're getting up and protesting and getting involved with our political system. So I'm really calling everyone, all your members of Congress and Senate, have them sign you up to getting information and newsletters as to what are the needs of your city, what are the needs of your state, and get involved. This is no longer about Democrats and Republicans. This is about the survival of our humanity. The real leaders are the people, the citizens. Because people have power, and politicians will follow the people of power. And if the people are witnessing that leadership isn't serving the whole, then people are going to stand up and go, you need to move. You need to get down. And history has revealed this. And it's when governments and political powers that may be begin to incite military force on people, it's always a very big sign of being afraid. But if we can peacefully suggest the changes that we want, there's a paper that's going out for people to stand up and call your members of Congress, Democrat and Republican, to say you don't want Bainan in office. He's a very anti-Semitic individual. He's really speaking to voices in which for many in the country, don't support those value systems at this time. But again, the question comes back to, how do we offer others who are not feeling heard to be heard and valued? How do we offer opportunities to give them a chance to build, educate, further amplify their education and move them into a space of power? Stay tuned. We're going to be having a conversation with one of Oprah Winfrey's Super Soul 100 Inspiring Leaders and to talk about how we move on from here. But before we go to that conversation, let's just take a moment of silence and a moment of meditation 
and breathe in and relax. Just, just a minute of silence and reflection and focusing on our inner light. Take a deep breath. Inner light. Taking just a minute, I relax my body and become aware of my inner light. I visualize each one of my thoughts weaving itself into this light. I draw from my heart the power of inner peace and the light of love. My thoughts filled with compassion and forgiveness, patience and tolerance. Welcome back, my friends. That was Inner Light from Just a Minute Meditation CD by BK Jayanti, J-A-Y-A-N-T. I love her voice. Also, you are listening to America Meditating Radio, perhaps the number one best listening to spiritual conversation that's out there on Blog Talk Radio. We turn the lines to InQ. Love that. InQ was recently included in Oprah Winfrey's inaugural Super Soul Sunday 100 Inspiring Leaders. He's a national poetry slam champion and multi-platinum winning songwriter who sold out the largest one-man poetry show in Los Angeles history. His groundbreaking performances include being the first poet to perform at Sergei Desolais, as well as performing on Russell Simmons' HBO Death Poetry Dram, ESPN's World Series of Poker, and for audiences including the great Quincy Jones, Secretary of State Hillary Clinton, and President Barack Obama. He shared the stage with many legendary artists and is at the forefront of the movement to reignite poetry into pop popular culture. As a songwriter, he's number one his number one hit single, Love You Like a Love Song, by Selena Gomez went multi platinum, winning him a BMI award. He has also written with renowned artists including Miley Cyrus and Mike Posner. In twenty fourteen he co wrote the official Coca Cola FIFA World Cup anthem, The World is Ours, and today we welcome NQ to America Meditating. Hi, NQ. Hi, how you doing? I'm good, I'm good. You're busy. I'm so glad for all the good yeah, that's happening yeah. to you. Yeah, I was actually, I was listening to you read that bio, and I was like, well, first of all, he sounds very, very important. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then secondly, I was thinking, please stop reading the bio. I absolutely hate when people read my bio. Because uh, it has nothing to do with who I am in this moment, but I'm happy to be talking. I get to you. that. I get that. You know, I'm in Washington D.C., and spirituality is not a high item for sale here. But at mm. the same token, I'm somehow fortunate enough to get into all the great walls. And so, when they ask about your check-in and your intro, I just go, "I'm a peaceful soul," and just move on. And everyone's like sitting there holding their bios of PhDs and masters, and I was secretary of this and i'm like very good very good i'm still just a peaceful soul okay let's no, move on with the I meeting love that. right love that. right you know the the whole thing that you're doing i very much respect and i'm an avid meditator myself and 
And meditation is, you know, pretty much, you know, a gym for letting go. And yeah. that's all we're doing in our life is we're letting go. You know, we're born, we create all of these things, we find people that we love, we make families, and ultimately we give it all up, including our own identities and our own bodies. And so meditation is this practice. It's where I go to the gym to let go so that when I'm in reality, I can let go of my thoughts and my emotions more easily and reconnect them to the moment. And the bio just seems like, you know, this is who I am when actually, no, this is who I am. That's what you do, right, right. what you do. Well, talking about letting go, I think our country is um, trying to practice that. And I know that you were very active in encouraging voter registration uh, a few weeks ago. And it's been a very divisive election campaign. Inky, what are your thoughts about how we can come together and heal as a nation at this time? Because it's a very sensitive time that we're in. Well, you know, I actually wrote a poem yesterday. Would you like to hear it? Because I think it kind Please. of it matches. Yeah, it matches this concept. Sometimes you need to lead by example. And sometimes you need to leave by example. But even leaving can be leading if you're leaving by example. Wait, let's use a specific situation as a sample. Okay, let's say, for instance, the relationship is ended. And you're blaming them for everything they did and everything they didn't, complaining to your friends who co-sign your misgivings. Good riddance, because it's their fault you're living how you're living. But haven't you been present, too, taking what they're giving? You handed them your freedom when you helped to build your prison. Now you're leading them by leaving them, but only if you listen. Otherwise, you'll put a new disguise on the same lesson. Sometimes you need to lead by example, and sometimes you need to leave by example. That's why God never gives you any more than you can handle. Wait, let me use a different situation as a sample. Okay, let's say a member of your family is true. You attempt to take some space, but they're completely codependent. They try to guilt you into love, control you into love, hold you into love, mold you into love, push and shove you, hug you, scold you into love because they told you into love, sold you into love, except that isn't love and never was. If you have to be somebody else for someone else to be themselves, then nobody can see themselves, so nobody can free themselves. And I refuse to let myself become selves. Sometimes you need to lead by example. And sometimes you need to leave by example. And sometimes you need to fight when your rights are getting trampled. Wait, let me use a final situation as a sample. Okay. Say you voted for your candidate but lost the election and you watched the country moving in the opposite direction and you're talking to almost anybody who will listen how you're going to move to Canada and need to get a visa so you Google immigration but the system freaking crashes because of overstimulation and you're feeling like a coward because you didn't have the patience, couldn't wait a couple hours, couldn't contemplate a way to organize and fight the power when this country's ours. That's why we were built the Twin Towers and protested by putting flowers into gun barrels. We've invested too much to slip out the back door, but Americans can't hide behind illusions anymore. If you have to be somebody else for someone else to be themselves, then nobody can see themselves, so nobody can free themselves. And I refuse to let myself become self. See, I believe we can be free together. We disagree, but we need to learn to be together. Because when the chips are down, we're going to have to bleed together. To balance liberty and justice, we need each other. Mm, wow, that is so powerful. I felt Thank every you. word. Felt every Thank you. word. 
and it was interesting where I was finding myself pausing when we leave by example, because we've seen that mm. in the leadership that we've had in the country for eight years, which a lot of people say was wimpy. But yet I felt like it was creating a, a real deep spiritual core value in the country that had been lost. And I think why it's hurting many of us so much is that these pure spiritual values that we're leading are sort of like being replaced, not really replaced, but being sort of pushed aside. And I think it's just it's just absorbing a lot of emotions in many of us, whether you're on the blue or the red side. You know, there's just sure. a lot going on in the country. Thank you for that. That's a real big gift to the country. I want to say real quick, just based on your point, uh-huh. though, that in, in no way was Barack Obama's leadership wimpy. It, it takes strength to... I know that. be vulnerable and, and choose to see other people's sides. And I know that's what you're saying, but I wanted to reiterate that out loud. Yeah, thank you for that. It's funny because I was in a conversation yesterday, and we were talking about women empowerment. And we, we keep talking about what's been going on these past few weeks, about how women today are still feeling like they don't have power. Why haven't we elected a woman president? And, you know, how it could send a signal that women are are still struggling to be empowered. And this beautiful, what we call our senior sister, she's like in her 70s and she's very quiet. She said, but Hillary Clinton is empowered. Look at the way she handled herself. That's empowerment. And she just quieted the whole room. Like, you know, this is where we miss it, where we're thinking that you have to be the president, you have to be a CEO to be an empowered woman. No, you've got to be a woman that has dignity and grace. That's empowerment. And we sometimes miss those stories is what I'm saying. You know, NQ? Thank you. Congratulations on your new release. You just released a stand-up poetry special on Vimeo, right? You've got to tell us a little bit about it and what we can expect from it. So it's called uh, Question Everything. We filmed it at the Mark Tabor Forum uh, in Los Angeles, which is a beautiful, beautiful, historic 750-seat theater. And it was a star-studded event, and uh, it was a beautiful night of, of art and poetry. Basically, I get up, and I, I will like perform different poems, and I tell different stories or anecdotes or philosophical observations, jokes about my life. And uh, it all has a conceptual through line, and it's meant to lead people more towards transformation and, and freedom. Beautiful. That's fantastic. Now, is there a particular place that people can go to find information on the stand-up poetry special on Vimeo? Yeah, they can just go to Vimeo specifically, or they can go to in-q.com. So in-q is short for in-question. So it's just mm. in and then dash-q.com, and uh, you can find everything that you need about me there. Well, let's keep traveling down the road of your success. Your video, The Only Reason We're Alive, went viral shortly after it was released. It, it went 2 million views online. So for our listeners who may not have... Now, it's a 3 million. Wow. Talk yeah. about something good. For listeners who may not have seen the video, what's the reason that we're alive? And what is it about this video that touched so many hearts? Well, the reason that we're alive is is to learn how to love each other and to learn how to love ourselves. That, that's basically what I think. And I think the reason that this video touched people is because it's about, well, first of all, it came from a real place. Like it was inspired by a friend of mine who's in her 80s who fell in love in an old age home. And, um, and so I heard that story and I was inspired by it and I ended up writing a piece about, you know, I want to fall in love when I'm 85. And you know, all that that entails and what it would be like to be in a loving relationship at that age. So I think that, you know, for people who are not at that age, it fast forwards them 
to all of our own mortality and realizing, first of all, that you can find love at any time in your life, you know, and then secondly, to make sure that we're making the most of right now, you know, and and Mm -hmm. to appreciate where we are and and to be grateful, you know. Mm, So I think that's the purpose of the video, and I think that's why it ended up touching people so much. Well, talk about love and forgiveness. It's two big qualities of the human spirit. We know we're supposed to live it and be it, but when the situation emerges, we find ourselves sometimes struggling to give it, especially at the time that it comes in front of us. You've had to overcome a number of obstacles in your life in Q, and including meeting your father for the first time at the age of 15. What was that like? What did you learn from that, and how did it help you with your journey to move from anger to forgiveness? I mean, God, that's such a that's such a broad question. Um, mm. You know, first of all, like I just believe that everything happens for a reason. I choose to believe that, and I choose to believe that the obstacles that we face in our lives can be the biggest opportunities. And I wouldn't be who I am without every single thing that I've experienced. And so I think. I don't know. I, I've learned ultimately how to do the process of alchemy with my own emotions. You know, if something happens that bothers me, I, you know, will be sad or be angry or be insecure or be jealous or, you know, whatever those normal human feelings are. And they are normal. Right. I kind of ex- mm-hmm. I accept them and I let them run through me, but I don't victimize myself. I don't blame other people. I don't perpetuate it and make it worse. And then ultimately... You know, I focus on what I'm grateful for and then focus on what I want to create in the world. And so mm-hmm. I would say that, you know, the, the situation with my father helped to teach me that ultimately and unbelievably grateful for everything that I experienced with him and, and for who I am at this at this moment. Mm, that's a beautiful sharing because so many of us have issues with our parents because they were such important role models for our lives. And for those of us who came from areas where maybe we didn't have that role model or we had one parent, like I'm sure you might be aware of Jay Ivey and his story. Yeah. And and he's also he's a, a deaf poetry and a very close friend of ours too. And you can grow up in an adult feeling like you've got all these broken pieces and that's what you've got to work with. And sometimes I think those broken pieces were, are so important in bringing this whole thing together, you know, because that's what it's about. It's about putting the pieces together so I can finally look at it and realize that we were here to love. Yeah, and I think, you know, look, it's a dichotomy and it seems like it can't inhabit at the same space at the same time, like... You know, I misinterpreted, for example, you know, the idea of law of attraction. You know, when I heard that, whenever it was, seven years ago or something, I, like, thought that I automatically had to think positively all the time. And that's not what it is. You you shouldn't think positively at, at the risk of ignoring how you feel as a human being, you know, because then you just kind of push it down deeper and it winds up becoming something else. What you have to do is, like, acknowledge and accept exactly where you are and exactly how you feel, but then not blame other people, not victimize yourself and not make it worse so that you can move on to the things that you want to create in the world. And like, yeah, I mean, I, I, I continue to learn that day after day. And the more that I do, the more present I can be and the more easily I can manifest. Mm, I love that. How'd you come up with the name in Q? <laughs> well, I was given that when I was like, 
in high school, and it was because I just asked a bunch of questions. I think if I didn't become a poet, I would have become a, a therapist. Like that oh, would have wow. been like, like a, a fun profession for me because I was always very curious. So a friend of mine was like, he called me Inquiry, and that was where it started. Started as Inquiry, and then it got shortened to uh, to Q, and then ultimately in question. I love that. So anything else you'd like our audience to really know more about NQ and what's in his future? Please share that. Well, when I hang up the phone, I'm going to meditate. <laughs> <laughs> that is definitely oh, in my in my future. Yeah, so yeah. That, that that would be what I would want you guys to know and that poetry is really a beautiful way to express yourself. So actually if you are having a difficult time with the election or anything in your own life, you know, take some time and take some space and uh, try to write a poem. And then after you're done with the poem, choose somebody in your life to share it with. Because what the world desperately needs right now is people telling their stories from places of compassion. And telling your story creates empathy. And that is ultimately what's going to allow us to heal as as human beings and, and as a nation. Mm, so beautifully said. Well, I'm going to send you a free copy of my CD so you can meditate on that. How's that? Thank you so much. That sounds wonderful. Mm. I appreciate it. Love you. Keep up all the good work, okay? And stay well. Okay, you too. We'll talk soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. What a wonderful spirit. And so maybe you might be given a name in high school inquiry, but then you end up really, really doing something with your life. You are speaking from your passion, your truth, and your ability to raise the bar of excellence of the human spirit. We all come with different pieces that are maybe not all put together in the puzzle, but we also have the responsibility of putting those pieces together. And when it's done, we will look at it, smile, and we'll break it all up again and start the game all over again. So just hang in there, everyone. Hope you've enjoyed my conversation with NQ. Go to his website, www.in-q.com and find out about all the good stuff that he's doing. Remember, no one can take away your happiness unless you give them permission. And we are here to love each other the same. So let's do that. I'm going to end today with Ricky Baez Beckwith on Ashe Ashe. Take care, everyone.